Prepare for multi-ball. Hello, and welcome to Pinball Nerds Podcast, coming all the way from River Hibbert, Nova Scotia, to the holes in the side of your head, introducing your host, Orbital Albert. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 236 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Orbital Albert, and on today's episode, very excited to be kind of just thinking about who I want to interview this year, what I want to do this year. Now, I don't know if this will be for the Pinball Nerds podcast or uh, for the Pinball Network, but I can tell you this, if I manage to grab a couple of the top jacks that I want to grab then it's going to be on the Pinball Network. I'm pretty sure uh, that's something they're going to want on there. That's something I'm going to want on there um, because those interviews will not be blog style at all. They will be 100% legit. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my top five jacks, okay? So I started thinking about people I wanted to interview this year and I realized two of them were both named Jack. And I was like, oh wait, but this other guy I've been waiting to interview forever is named Jack. And wait, there's this other big guy in pinball also named Jack that I want to interview. And wait, there's this other Jack that I already interviewed that I think I need to interview again because we got interrupted by Jeff Teola. So that might've been a little hint for you pinball nerds, but here's number five on the list. And this is in the order of how badly I want to interview them, okay? So uh, number five is Mr. Jack Tadman. Jack Tadman's one of the best pinball players in the world. I think he's currently ranked like 40th or something like that. I should have looked this up first. I will go to IFPA right now. That's how quick we can do this stuff on here, though. Uh, Jack Tadman is from Toronto, Ontario, so not far from London, Ontario, where I was from. I had the pleasure of playing with Jack Tadman uh, at... Um, a couple different tournaments in Toronto. I can, I can only think of really two. I can actually, I can only think of one, but then I saw him at another tournament. No, no, I played with him at two tournaments. I'm pretty sure he, Oh, that's right. Cause yeah, he was doing scorekeeping for the CNE. And then I also played with him at a smaller tournament, uh, right at player one, uh, which is a distributor there in Toronto for pinball. So if you're looking for a pinball machine and you live in the GTA area, make sure you go visit player one. Cause they're also super rad to pinball players. Okay. So let's take a look at the top, 50 in the world and I can see the top ranked Canadian of course Robert Gagno out of Toronto or sorry out of Vancouver uh, and uh, he's sitting at 20th right now and then when I go to players and look at overall let's see I believe Jack Tadman will be I don't know if Teos is ahead of him he might be close let's see here, see here so oh no I forgot about Phil Birnbaum uh, he's going to be getting a Pinball Nerds podcast trading card, which I'm still working on. Some of the cards take longer than I thought. Um, I'm still working on them. I'm really hoping to be able to release them by Valentine's Day. That's my goal anyways, nine days from now. And by the way, guys, if you haven't got your significant other a super rad pinball gift. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe they're not into pinball. If you haven't got, if you haven't started to think about what you're going to get them uh, for Valentine's Day, that's your Pinball Nerds Podcast over to lower reminder. All right. Then the third top-ranked player in Canada is Mr. Jack Tadman. Uh, Winnipeg. But I thought he lived in Toronto. I'm so confused now, Jack. Let me click on Jack, and we'll see where he's playing his tournament Because it says his hometown is Winnipeg. Yeah, location Winnipeg. City Pinball. He must be living O-Town Throwdown he went to in September. City Pinball. 
No, this is in Toronto. Yes, and I remember him playing at that. So he must he must originally be uh, from Winnipeg and now lives there. But he's ranked 43rd in the world. He's very interesting. Uh, Mr. Adam Becker is 46th. And then Jeff Teolis rounding out the top 50 in the world at 49th. Uh, and that's our, our four Canadians in the top 50. That's pretty rad. Um, so... Jack Tabman's a really interesting guy. He was on Jeff Teolis' pinball profile a long time ago, but he does not participate in most social media. I know he doesn't have Facebook, so I don't see him or talk to him on there often. Um, and not that he's not a talkative guy when you actually go to a tournament with him. He's really kind and he's really nice and he'll help you with the games. And uh, he certainly knows the rule sets, let me tell you that. You don't get ranked 40th in the world for no reason, right? But... I just don't see him at a lot of things. And even though I was about two and a half hours away in London, you know, we only did those two tournaments together and I didn't really know him. And I was kind of just starting the podcast. And uh, anyway, so I've never asked him to be on the show. Maybe he would be on the show. No problem. Maybe he doesn't really love doing that. I thought I heard Jeff say that it took him a couple tries to kind of to bug Tabman to get him on there, but I could be wrong. Anyways, that was such a long time ago. It's been over a year. If there's a top 50 Canadian pinball player on the planet, uh, from Canada. I want to interview him. Uh, I did ask Phil Birnbaum for an interview at Pemberg, but he was generously sharing his time doing scores for the Intergalactic Pinball Tournament there, the charity event at Replay FX, right? So um, it's still a very serious pinball tournament, but between Phil being in Pemberg and Phil having to do those scores, he didn't have a lot of time. So Phil would be on this list too, but this isn't the Phil list. This is the Jack list. So Jack Tadman, I'm coming for you, buddy. Now, I haven't messaged Jack or anything, so don't like, if you know Jack, don't be like, hey, why won't you go on Pimble Nerds Podcast? I've never asked Jack Tadman to be on Pimble Nerds Podcast. That's why he's never been on it. All right, number four is Mr. Jack Danger himself of Dead Flip Streaming. Um, last night, Jack was uh, doing the Ghost in the Shell, helping with the graphics, uh, not really the animations, but more so the graphics that are going to be on the LCD screen for that. I believe there, uh, he had said that the animations are actually going to be coming from the cartoon because the ghost in the shell is not based on the movie, which got some flack. Uh, uh, but you can look it up yourself if you really want to. It is coming from the animations. Uh, or sorry, it's coming from the animated version, the cartoon. So that's probably good news because most people agree the cartoon is way better. Now, why on earth would I want to interview Jack Danger if I already interviewed him? Number one, I think I was around 150 episodes in. I've done almost 200 episodes since then, so I think I've grown. I certainly back then had never interviewed anyone as big as Jack Danger. I had really never interviewed anyone big other than just friends I played with in my local league by them. So I didn't really know what I was doing. And although if you go back and listen to that episode, I feel like I did a decent job. I think I could do a lot better job. And part of my good job of being an interviewer would have been more intelligent instead of saying, Jack saying, yeah, where do you want to go for the interview? And me saying, oh, why don't we just sit in the middle of all these empty chairs here? I may have realized those chairs were empty and they were all stacked there because the finals of Pinburg was about to start. Well, just as Jack and I are getting into the nitty gritty of the interview, uh, we're, you know, 15, I think 15 or so minutes in, you hear Jeff Deal is coming like, well, hello everybody there at Pinburg and welcome, blah, 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 blah. And like literally Jack and I both looked at each other and we're like, we just can't continue this interview. We literally could have like sprinted to like the, the closest bathrooms and you still could hear Teolis on the, the microphone. Um, not, it's not just because Teolis is loud. It's because the microphone is turned up loud because there's going to be thousands. Well, there was thousands of people 
you know, all in the same room, excited to watch the finals of pinball. So of course you need a loud mic, but not really uh, a great thing for, so I wanted to do like Jack said, he'd go as long as I wanted. I was going to probably go right to half an hour with Jack. Um, but I want to do, instead of doing like, I tried to do a hundred interviews at Pembroke last year. And because of that, I didn't get to do deep dives with everybody. And now with anybody, and now this year, what I want to do when I go back is do deep dives with each and every person and do a sit down, like, an hour, like a good, like, like I did with Eric Stone. A lot of you have messaged me and said, I did a good job with the Eric Stone interview. I think I did a good job. I listened to it and think of other things I could have done better and that I want to do better with. But if I were to re-interview Jack Danger, if I get the opportunity to, I'm probably, you know, I there's definitely some questions I would want to ask him about certain things. Um, I did get a message from a fairly media, a fairly prominent person in media. And they said, Oh, you're going way too easy on Jack danger. What the heck? It was so uncool. What he did by calling out uh, the pinball network. Why did you give him such a pass so easily? And like I said in the podcast, Jack, Jack, danger uh, mr deadflip himself had built up a pool of goodwill and although some of that pool of goodwill was emptied when he trolled i think a little too hard and has consistently came back and been a little too hard on the pinball network for what reason i have no clue i can't imagine he would feel threatened by the pinball network i mean i was watching the pinball network on monday and he was live streaming with like 190 to 220 people watching him and the flipping out stream had like between like 17 and 22 people. Right. So like, I mean, now to be fair, when the flipping out stream with, uh, Ken Cromwell, obviously flipping out is owned, uh, uh, by Zach many and Nicole many, but when the flipping out channel has like Chuck Ernst on or like another, you know, like, um, Scott, when Scott Denisi was on there for their 24 hour stream, I think that was on the special and lit channel actually, but, um, oh yeah, wait, doesn't the last episode of special and lit come out today? Let me go see if it's on there yet. Um, see when I type S on my computer, special and lit pinball podcast pre fills, here it is. It's closing time. It must've just came out. Oh my gosh. Ken and Bill, as soon as I am done listening to this podcast, and as soon as you are done listening to this podcast, Go listen to Closing Time. It's time to schman a friend, but you can't champion. I don't know how. Something like that. Anyways, special one like Closing Time, episode 89. I am ex- I'm actually excited to be done. I usually love talking to you guys, and I will talk as long as you let me talk. But today, I'm excited to get off the mic and go listen to a little bit of Special One Lit. That's right. Okay. So, I would like to re-interview Jack. I would... Pr- I don't know if I'm going to ask him anything about all the the pinball network stuff. If he continues to grill the hell out of them, uh, maybe. Now, some of you do know that Chris the Pintern, uh, I had nothing to do with that. I will say that. Chris messaged me. Chris the Pintern and Jack got into it a little bit on his Facebook page. And a lot of people have applauded Chris for what he did and what he said. Chris did come to me and say, dude, I know Jack's your freaking hero, but I can't take it anymore. I'm going to speak up. And Chris even told me if you have to disassociate your channel from myself, I totally get it. Chris, I love you, bro. And I'll say the same thing to all my pinball nerds out there that are listening that I said to Chris. As long as you are respectful in the conversation, then we can still be buds. And that was the whole issue with with Jack Danger, with the meme that he put up there about diversity and, and you know, whip no women allowed and all that kind of stuff. 
I felt like it was disrespectful to not reach out to someone somewhere, somehow at TPN before doing that. That being said, even on Jack Danger's business card, it says professional troll. So if you have troll right on your business card, of course he's going to troll you a little, right? And he was right. And that commercial, you know, the original trailer probably should have been thought out a little bit better. That being said, I'm not here to defend Jack. Uh, he can do that more than well enough on his own, 10 times better than I ever could. Maybe our, maybe I'll never be, uh, I'll not feel as close. I felt a little more distant in the stream and I'm a little more awkward. I don't really want to type things unless I feel they're really important now and I kind of feel like it's under a, a, a little bit of a microscope. So, and I'll be honest, last night there were so many incredible streams on there. I don't, I, I like watching Jack do like graphics and stuff like that, but I'll be honest, 90% of the time I was watching Steve O'Pub. And if you don't know who Steve O'Pub is, uh, it's Escher Lefkoff, who's one of the top, one of the top, most incredible. I used to say up and coming pinball players on the planet. No. He's just one of the most incredible pinball players on the planet. Uh, his father, Adam Lefkoff, is also a, a professional. Uh, professional. I don't know if that's the right term, but he's a, a very, very, very good, uh, I believe, in the top 100 or so pinball players out there as well. Well, Escher was playing the new mini mode. What is it? Escape Nebular or something like that. So there's an option on uh, my favorite game of all time. That's right. Keith Elwin's masterpiece, Jurassic Park, where you can press the start button and the extra ball button or something at the same time. Uh, and you can just jump right into the mini wizard mode, which I believe normally you have to get to the visitor center for or something. Maybe the new the new mode is completely on its own. I'm not sure. But Escher was playing it last night, and I could I was listening to Escher talk, and I could tell he wanted to beat Keith Elwin's record of two minute and twenty two seconds to beat that mini mode. Right? Spoiler alert. Pause it right now if you haven't seen the stream last night and you plan on doing it, but you probably aren't going to watch it if you haven't watched it yet. But anyways, he does it in two minutes and nine seconds. I was like, what? And then in one part when he got to the visitor mode and he's basically, you know, beating the game or whatever, collecting all his fossils, getting all the stuff. Uh, everyone in chat was guessing, oh, how big is this bonus going to be? How big is this bonus going to be? Even Escher was like, like someone put, I think Al Anonymous put half a billion in chat, like 500 million, which is like bigger than my biggest score ever on there. And Escher was like, nah, I'll be bigger than that. A couple of people were like, dude, I don't know, man. Like that's a lot of bonus to get over half a bill bonus. And as all the fossils are coming in, all the stuff's coming in, Escher is always hard, very hard on himself. And even he was like, oh, he got a billion for his bonus. So I don't know if that's another record too. I could say without a doubt that the two minutes and nine seconds to beat the, the, the wizard mode is incredible. He had to do a lot of stuff. I saw him do it several times under three minutes, but very rarely did he get under like 240. Seems like 240 is like me, myself, even if I owned one, I highly doubt I could do it in under five minutes, to be honest. Mind you, I'm measuring up against Keith Elwin, uh, the greatest pinball player, pinball designer of all time. And then Escher Lefkoff soon to probably take the, uh, soon, I would say in the next minimum five to 10 years, probably would, would take the throne for, if not the best player out there, one of the best players. Uh, not that Keith is going anywhere. I just think that Escher is an incredible player. And with uh, all the time and energy that Keith spends, you know, designing games and doing that type of stuff, Escher has a little more time in his hands, I'm assuming, and I don't know, maybe he's going to college or university soon for something, uh, but he's got a little more time on his hands to at least learn the code on more machines than I would guess Keith does. But let's get back to Jack, because I went off topic for too long there. 
The third Jack that I want to interview, most of you probably have guessed him. That would be Jack Guarneria. Guarneria? I can't pronounce his name. I have him on Facebook. Really nice guy. We'll just say Jack from Jersey Jack Pinball. That's easy enough, right? So I absolutely love Jersey Jack Pinball. Here's here's my fast five, my top five quickie today. So I, I like to throw in a little mini top five in the middle of the episodes once in a while. And today's no different. Jersey Jack has, because some people gave me some flack about, uh, you know, there's a couple people out there that are very angry. They're just angry at them. They're so, they want to like grab me and shake me because I don't love the music on Willy Wonka. Why am I going to lie to you and be like, oh, I love that weird slot machine music. Yes, it sounds wonderful. Who wouldn't want to be there with Grandma at the slot spending nickels? Oh, that'd be fun. No, it doesn't sound good. I'm sorry, Jersey Jack. Now, that being said, I might not get the interview with Jersey Jack because I don't like the sound from Wonka. But I find it hard to believe that he is that worried about it because I've seen him go on lots of other podcasts that have said lots of things worse about him and you know, that's happened before. So, but here's what I do love about Jersey Jack. The best light shows in the business. I've said that since episode one, uh, even back then when there was only probably was out or maybe, uh, right when I first started podcasting, I believe that pirates was just about to come out. So best, best light shows in the business still to this day, even Wonka has a good, a great light show. Um, yeah, now TN, TNA has a good light. See, there's, there's, there's other good light shows out there, believe me. And and I would say Stern's light shows have came a heck of a long way since Jersey Jack came out. And that's why we do want more competition. And that's why when people listen to the episode that I did yesterday, 125 themes that I think are better and would sell better and would do better and would make people more happy than Hot Wheels. I'm not saying it to belittle or make fun of American Pinball. If you listen to the whole episode, you'll see how much I love Oktoberfest in many ways. And not in some other ways. And uh, how much I actually have more respect for Houdini than most people. Uh, and I will say that I want American Pinball to succeed. I do. I genuinely want them to. I just think that they need some help. They really need some help picking themes. That's what I think. And that's why I genuinely wanted to give them. But this wasn't just uh, for American Pinball. This was for absolutely any pinball designers, any companies that may be listening or a friend of a friend listens or somehow some way they're looking for new themes or thinking about new themes my list is at least a jumping off platform because it seems like maybe they haven't spent enough time and energy in the marketing department figuring out which themes they should be using and uh someone needs to grab them and be like hmm there might be a better theme to use american pinball because they seem to make high quality products at a great price price with uh lots of stuff in them lots of mechs and toys and all that fun stuff you want right so okay Let's go here on to why I want, sorry, light show, number one. Number two, like I just said, they have uh, uh, Jersey Jack always puts tons of like toys and cool stuff in the games and mechs. When you look down at Waz still to this day and you go, that came out five years ago. And then you look down at some other machines, you're like, whoa, hey, whoa, like look over at Waz, look back at that. Now Waz is quite a bit more expensive. Um than a lot of those other machines that have less, right? So that does make sense, but they do a great job with that. Next, every single Jersey Jack machine is an incredible shooter, whether it's it's Eric uh, Menier doing it, or if it's Pat Lawler, have, like dialed in just has unique, fun, interesting, cool shots. Many of you pinball nerds who have been listening to me since back in the day know specifically that I used to call dialed in my favorite pinball machine. 
I still love it, and I'd still like to get one, even though I don't think the theme's great, obviously. It still is an incredibly interesting shooter, and it had tons of neat shots that we hadn't seen for a while. We hadn't seen a fleet, uh, a three-flipper machine in a while, of course, when that came out. There was some, but like that one really made that third shot so important to get, was it the um, the chip? Whatever it's called. The, 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 the S&M card? No, I don't think it's S&M. Uh, the SIM card. Yeah. To get the SIM card that one, you know, it, it's, I like machines with like one hard shot or maybe two. I don't like like 10 hard shots. You know what I mean? But all right. So everybody in pinball knows that it makes sense that you'd want to interview like a top 50 competitive pinball player. Everyone in pinball knows that it makes sense that you'd like to do, you know, uh, a podcast with Jack danger. You know, the guy's 21,000 freaking followers on Twitch. It's more than all the other, uh, pinball twitchers combined right um so or or darn tootin close to it put it that way uh maybe if you took out buffalo pinballs is probably the second most successful uh streaming platform right so or not platform but group i guess uh so but you guys are going wait how is it possible that your two favorite jacks i haven't even thought of albert i got the jack no here it is number two mr jack white of the white stripes so believe it or not, on uh, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but there was a certain YouTube video that came out a while ago where Jack White was ran into it by another person who absolutely loves pinball, maybe even more than him, and they started talking about Pat Lawler. And as soon as they started talking about Pat Lawler, you're like, no, no, these freaking guys know pinball. Jack White's not like, um, yeah, I bought one Supreme pinball machine and it's kind of cool. No, like he freaking knows good pinball, plays a lot of pinball, and a lot of musicians have great, if you have to have great timing for music, you're probably going to have pretty good timing, and what is timing? Timing is nothing but accuracy of pressing a button on a guitar, or pressing a key on a piano, or hitting a drum at a certain exact time, and what is accuracy? It's hitting a button on a machine that makes a ball go to a certain place at an exact certain point in time, and in music... If you can't stay in the pocket, if you're like one sixteenth of a note out of where you're supposed to be, it doesn't sound quite right. And that's the difference between like me playing recorder as a joke at Christmas, which like a thousand people saw that video, which is nuts. Um, anyways, if you haven't seen that video and you really want to, you can go on, you can add me on Facebook under Albert Agar, A-G-A-R, and yeah, you can scroll back about a month to Christmas there and watch our whole family sing Old King Wenceslas. Uh, speaking of singing, I am going to sing you out today with one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands, but believe it or not, will not be the White Stripes. Um, now, I have been a White Stripes fan ever since uh, Seven Nation Army came out. Um, he's Jack White's done tremendous things for music. He's really kind of been the savior of rock and roll in a lot of ways in the early 2000s when it was just like, all about Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Shakira. Yeah, I'm talking about the Super Bowl queen herself. Too much J-Lo on the frickin' block. We needed some rock. And just bursting through the wall is boom, 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 boom. Like hard stomping rock and roll with one guitar, one drummer. You know what I mean? And they just killed it. Now, Jack is still putting out awesome tunes. Uh, what's the video that came out, I think last year, or the year before where they're shooting each other with the guns. And so he's still putting out awesome music, but I think that seven nation army, that second album by the white stripes, their sophomore effort was incredible and possibly my favorite by them. I think they had a short demo before that, that wasn't even, you know, necessarily considered a full length album, but 
and now you're thinking, Albert, it's all pie in the sky that you want Jack White, but you and every other freaking podcaster on the planet wants to get this guy on. How on earth are you going to do that? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to try. And you guys are going to get to follow me trying to do it because I think it would be incredible. And that will be kind of the story of the year of can I get Jack White or my number one Jack? Most of you probably guessed it by now because I've talked about him about 20 times on the show. The guy who looks like me but sounds way better, Mr. Jack Black. So Mr. Jack Black, uh, Jack Black absolutely loves pinball. So if you've ever seen Jablinski Games, I'm not going to spell it for you. You can just hit the little microphone on Google and say Jablinski Games because I have no clue how to spell that. And I don't know why it's called that. But Jablinski Games, well, let's see here. Jablinski Games. Okay, it's spelled J-A-B-L-I-N Ski Games. Simple enough. Let's see how many, and I hope this doesn't autoplay, 4.4 million subs. So every single time that Jack Black goes anywhere with pinball, which was weird, like three of his first five videos all had pinball, and he would go over and play and talk about it. And I was like, whoa. Then one of his future ones... I was just talking about, he runs into Jack White in the airports, maybe at LAX or something, and they start talking pinball about uh, Pat Lawler being their favorite pinballer. Man, what I have given to be a fly on the room in that, because, you know, they only talked about it for a second or two. These are highly edited videos, but how cool would it have been to like hear the whole hour where they talked about their favorite pinball designers. Now they both love Pat Lawler and which Lawler games are favorite, which one at home they play the most, and which I would have loved to have heard if they like you know, Wonka, right? Because that's 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 Pat Lawler, right? So I and and I can I can hear Jack White right now saying, Oh man, I love shooting Wonka. It's so great. And Jack Black goes right and those all the all the, the colors on it and those those RGB LEDs, like they're incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the two musicians looked at each other and said, But that music, something must be done about the music, Marty. Um, anyways. I'm thinking about Back to the Future again. Uh, excited for Back to the Future to come out. But I was originally talking about the things in JJP that I love. And the number one thing is the light show. The number two thing is the shots. The shots are always incredible. The number three thing is the innovation. The innovation is there for every single machine. And I know a lot of people don't like it. But think about how long ago Dialed In came out. And think about how we still don't have internet connectivity. Even though I know uh, like Kenny Mann... Uh, um, uh, from uh, Buffalo Pinball is one of the people that uh, is testing out the connectivity for JJP. So it seems like they're going to be the first one to do it, which makes sense. And on that phone, like basically you could take your phone, get an app and you can play dialed in from your phone. I know you're going, Oh, it's just a gimmick and you can't nudge correctly and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's true. I'm not going to like just sit in my house by myself in the corner playing that with like a camera down so I can be super lazy. If I really wanted to do that, I would just play pinball effects, right? So what I was getting at though is with that particular game, uh, they had the advancement to allow Bluetooth technology on it. And that was like three games ago for them. And then I know that I was at a pinball tournament in somewhere near London, Ontario, and we were playing this at, uh, I believe it was Doug's house. And, um, what happened was four or five new people came in and, and that dialed in was right there. The first machine at the corner of the garage that they saw, they had never been to a pinball tournament before. Certainly not. They hadn't came and played with us at our league before. And they all just stood there where their mouths dropped. They're like, 
how is that pinball machine playing by itself? They must have thought it was something like a piano when it automatically plays by itself. No, not the case. I was over in the corner playing. I think Sean Russell and I were doing that. Shout out. Uh, we were having a great time playing that, by the way. So I would love to get him on here. And I know Jack Black will probably be even harder to get than Jack White. But because Jack Black is a public figure that loves to talk about how much he loves pinball and from time to time does weird stuff like that. Uh, even Jack White one time, uh, he played at the Arva Flower Mill, which unless you live in London, you don't know where that is. That's like 10 minutes north of Masonville Mall in London, Ontario, my old my old stomping ground. And uh, they just played it out there out there in the middle of nowhere, charge nothing. So they do random things that not necessarily for money because I have very little money on the Pimmel Nerds podcast to offer them and therefore might be harder to get them. Am I right? Am I right? Anyways, I know y'all listening or thinking friggin' Orbital Albert will never in his life get Jack White or Jack Black. And I'm here to say, I'm going to get them on the show or I'll die trying. That's right. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, a couple of you pinball nerds wrote on the page after, about your top five after, like after I had already read them all out yesterday. So if you're one of those people, I'm sorry, make sure you try to like pinball nerds podcast and follow and, and, and try to get your answers in, in a quick amount of time. I did put 4 PM Atlantic time. Peace man, Nick was late, but I managed to throw him in there. Um, that's what all I've got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, pinball nerds, remember to eat, sleep and breathe. Weezer. Undone, also known as the Sweater Song. Oh no, it go, it gone, bye-bye. I think, I sink, and I die. If you want to destroy my sweater, whoa, 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 hold this thread as I walk away, as I walk away, watch me unravel, I'll soon be naked, lying on the floor, lying on the floor.